Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Okay, so I'm Dave. Uh, always enjoyed a big fight, I would say. Um, even like, you know, in the teenage years, always you always used to watch the mega fights. That's what I would say. So we're talking Hatton Mayweather, De La Hoya Mayweather, um, you know, basically the Hatton fights, David Hay a bit. Um, and, then, and then basically... Became friends with you, Sabah, uh, <laughs> through our wives, who are best buddies, um, and we were sort of forced together uh, at to sort of make it work. <laughs> um, no, but it was uh, it was a good. You were at the time you were big into Anthony Joshua, weren't you? When yeah. we first met, yeah. I think he. I think when we first met, he just fought Dillian White for the British title. Yeah, and. That was a great little bit of common ground for us, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so, so how? So, hi. Well, I'm Joe. Um, my boxing fandom started at London 2012, where I've always kind of wanted to get into boxing, but I've never really done so. I think boxing wasn't really a thing in our house when yeah. I was growing up. Which is stress. Neither of us have ever boxed. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like zero fighting skills um, at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't challenge us too vigorously mm. on the comments made in this mm. podcast. Um, but yeah, no, so I've, I've always, I, boxing wasn't a thing when I was growing up. I just never really watched it. And then I watched, but I've always kind of known that I, I like it. I'm really into my combat sports. Watched, um, watched London 2012. And when Luke Campbell, uh, Anthony Agogo, and, and more importantly, Anthony Joshua turned professional thought, these are people that I can start to watch and it just so happened that I had no money and I had Sky Sports <laughs> and they were all on Sky Sports and I could watch them on a Saturday night mm. and it was perfect pre-drinking and just got into anti-Joshua. The legacy of the games. The legacy of the games. <laughs> <laughs> My pre-drinking. Joe Mateel <laughs> boozing it up in Birmingham City Centre. Yeah, so, so anyway, so I remember watching, I'm, yeah, I remember watching anti-Joshua's first few fights and uh, you're gonna call me out again, but like you know, there was there was a there was an opportunity. Comes. There was an opportunity to make some big claims um, <laughs> about about um, where I thought Anthony Joshua was gonna go, and and I and I suddenly went from being like a boxing fan to like a real Anthony Joshua fan, and just watched all of his fights. So the purpose, so what the purpose of the podcast and what me and Dave decided to do was um, one, start having a look at the upcoming fights because we think we can add a bit of value and probably a bit of comedy around uh, podcasts but we also thought what would be really interesting was just to go back and watch Anthony Joshua's fights and if if you remember Anthony Joshua from the early days you probably only need to watch five minutes of YouTube to watch yeah. his, his whole yeah. fights yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the fighters that he fought some of the matches he had and over the kind of next 25 pay-per-views we're kind of going to get you up to, get you up to speed on Anthony Joshua's um, back catalogue yeah I reckon I reckon from an Anthony Joshua perspective, just to touch on that, I reckon the majority of people that watch boxing now, in 2020, from an Anthony Joshua perspective, 
probably haven't watched any of his first, I'd say, potentially maybe 12, 13 fights. Yeah. When did he fight White? What, what number was I that? think, off the top of my head, I think it's fight 15. Wow, okay, that's really late then. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I need to check, but I think it's fight 15. I reckon, I, so I think, I think obviously that fight is a huge milestone in his career. Uh, fights for the British title becomes much more of a household name after that. But, I suspect a lot of people don't know about the early days, and I think that would be quite interesting to cover that. Yeah. Um, what I find quite interesting about what you just said, I'll just start to touch on it. Why Anthony Joshua? Because obviously you mentioned like Anthony Agogo, Luke Campbell, um, Nicola Adams as well. Like oh, yeah. what? 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 Um, what? Um, what? What about Anthony Joshua? Was it? Was it just because he was heavyweight, or like was there yeah, I, something I, about him, or? Yeah, I mean, one, I'm not great with the weights anyway, so that's, that's always a challenge. I can attest to that. But I just think, I just think there's a, there is something about heavyweight boxing um, that's that's uh, maybe this is very it's very naive. There's a definite difference between skill and style and punch power, and I just I've just always got it. Like I always really enjoy heavyweight boxing. I think you get more exciting knockouts, you get you get more exciting fights, and I think there's something about. There's something for me, there's always been something about like the criteria for your skill level. So Usain Bolt for me was the most exciting per, like exciting athlete for a while because he was the fastest person in the world over 100 metres and 200 metres. He wasn't the fastest person over 100 metres that was under five foot. Or yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, you, you look at kind of Greg Rutherford after, after the Olympics. There's no restrictions on it. Yeah, he wasn't going like, oh, I can do it the furthest... I, like, he was like, I can jump the furthest. I can jump in one jump. I can jump the furthest. It's not. I can jump the furthest under four foot. You yeah, know, I'm, not, yeah, I, I'm yeah. only, only only four foot know, tall. Or yeah, I, know I can mean. jump the furthest, but I'm over fifteen stone. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just like a. Am I the fastest? Am I the quickest? Can I throw mm. the furthest? And in boxing, the only way you can really say that is, am I the heavyweight champion? Yeah, and I, and I think I think what's interesting about the heavyweight division as well is that. Um, the heavyweight division for me translates so much more with the general public and yeah, like um, people that don't box like us or you know non-experts because it is it is just two guys going at it hammering tongs in the ring and that's not to diminish the skill that's on show like obviously these guys train mate like you know all day and night and they're highly skilled at what they do but. I think if you were to watch, for example, you and I watched uh, Lomachenko versus Luke Campbell last yep. year. Yeah, we did. On Sky. And that was an absolutely tremendous technical fight. You know, Lomachenko's unbelievable fight. Luke Campbell was fantastic in that fight as well. Um, similar fight was Josh Taylor against uh, Regis Progre as well, which actually I was a little bit asleep for. Um, <laughs> it was like one too, one too many siders. But, um, but again... At the lighter weights, I think if you if you're a boxer or you're you're in the boxing environment and you know what you're what you're looking out for the technique um, the nuances of the sport, I think you can appreciate the class on show at that weight a lot more. Whereas for like the average guy like us that like tunes in on a Saturday night and wants to have great entertainment, the heavyweight division is ideal because 
it's just two guys like having a slugfest basically yeah and it's also and it and it really is and I like you know final point for the introduction which is well, slightly longer than the like 20 minutes two, two minutes that we thought we were going to watch. <laughs> um, but no, the, slight, the, like the, the, the truth is with the heavyweight division is it's in every man's event, right? So David Hay won it against the guy who was a giant. Nikolai Valuev. Nikolai Valuev. <laughs> what was he, like 7 foot 12? His head, his head <laughs> was about the size of my torso. <laughs> yeah. And actually David Hay broke his hand punching him. Yeah. Real fact for you. Yeah, and like, and like you look at that and go, you know, I don't, you certainly don't look at it and go, if David Hay can do it, everyone can. Yeah. But but David Hay won the World Heavyweight Championship against what is basically a giant. Uh, Anthony Joshua is got it all to play for. And do you know what? The heavyweight division with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, potentially Klitschko coming back in, is very exciting. So I've got a lot of time for it. But anyway, this is what you've got to look forward to if you stick with us. We're going to talk a little bit about our experience of boxing. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about the upcoming pay-per-views and we're going to go through Anthony Joshua's fights from start to finish. That movie list podcast does exactly what the title suggests. Counts down unusual, bizarre, unique and best yet, listener-suggested lists. Which movie franchise should be a Lego toy? Who is the best movie, Dave? And as one listener requested, which is the best movie featuring an exoskeleton? For these lists and a host more, find and subscribe to That Movie List Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk about the pay for you then, mate. Yep. So we've got Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin mm. and we've got Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pursuit. What a fight. What a fight that is. I'm not. I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of women women's boxing. I don't know why. There's no reason for me not to be. It just mm. doesn't quite. It's just not quite. Um, it's not quite at the heavyweight level that I that I expect like that I'm used to I in think boxing. With women's boxing, there's no there's not the strength and depth. That's with, true. That, and that's that's the issue with it. Good save. Um, <laughs> that's the issue with it is that. At the elite level, you've got some world class fighters, but there's nobody, there's nobody really backing that up, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, that will change in the future. The, uh, and let, the, me t- let me tell you the one exception to the, that. What I was just going to say, <laughs> the exception to that was when you and I watched the Katie Taylor Delphine Pursuit fight last year, which was on the undercard of the shock for Andy Ruiz beating Anthony Joshua. What a fight! I think it's probably one of the best boxing fights I've seen. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Um, it was, for me, in terms of a women's fight, it was a game changer. Oh, it was a by title far, game changer. Yeah, it was by far the best fight I've ever seen in the women's division. It was actually two people that, like, like were both legit brilliant. Yeah. And Katie Taylor, I think, got a challenge which she's never experienced before from that fight. I think she lost. She lost. It was a. It was. It was. Dalvin Persoon beating up Case Taylor, and it was. It, it, I don't think it was even close. I mean, me and you watched it, and we scored it, and we're not experts, but we were looking at it going. It can't. It cannot possibly be a Case Taylor. I don't understand how it can be a Case Taylor win. Well, you and I were watching it, and we were saying, and coming into the final round, we were saying Case Taylor has to knock her out because yeah. I cannot see. I can't see her winning on points. I mean, let, let's be clear. Case Taylor was fantastic in that fight. Like she was a but Delphine Bassoon was was better. 
and, she, and she's a police officer, is she? She is. Even... She's a she's a police she's a police officer by day. She trains part time. Wow, which is quite amazing, really, compared to Katie Taylor, who is who's full time. Yeah, and also has made an absolute life mm. lifetimes amount of money from this. So, 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 so talk to me a little bit about the betting situ from a Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pushing because. I remember the last time I watched this fight, we were looking at going, Katie Taylor is the overwhelming favourite. And I'm pretty yeah. sure me and you bet on Katie Taylor yeah, I mean, for like rounds one to three or something ridiculous. Go, that- going into the fight, you could not you could not imagine any other situation other than a Katie Taylor win. Um, Comfortable win as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like unified lightweight champion now after that fight, but at the time had like several belts. Um, and... You know, you just thought it's going to be another one of those Katie Taylor nights. She'll she'll get to her at some point and she'll outclass her, and that'll be that'll be it. Turned out not to be the case. And going into the fight um, on twenty second, Katie Taylor's one to three. Wow. And Delphine Pursoon is nine to four. Which for for me, um, for the the lady that won the first fight, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. is quite is quite staggering, really. Yeah. Please, please bet responsibly. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think what is a factor in that is that um, Katie Taylor was meant to fight Amanda Serrano on the twenty second, and that was uh, Eddie Herm was massively pushing for that fight, and obviously Amanda Serrano, multiple multiple weight yeah. world champion, amazing fighter, that would have been the biggest fight in women's boxing to date. Yeah. Um, Amanda Serrano, for whatever reason, didn't want to take the fight. Um, there was all sorts of issues in terms of, you know, we don't know the details, but essentially the fight wasn't agreed. And Delphine Pursoon was offered the fight at quite short notice. Yeah. I think about six weeks well, before fight well, night. Well, this is one of my questions, right? It was confirmed. Do you think there's a... Do you think... See, if I was Katie Taylor, having watched the last fight, I wouldn't want to give Delphine Pursoon a 12... A twelve-week no. training camp. Do you think there's a little bit in? Do you think there's a little bit in that? Because it think, is a huge amount of money yeah, for I her. I think there definitely is something in that. I think from from watching Delphine Bassoon, and I mean, let, let, don't get me wrong, I'm no Delphine Bassoon expert. I've only seen the fight once, <laughs> but from but from but from watching but from watching that fight, I just get the impression that I think if you're Delphine Bassoon and you're um, you're at home, you're being your police officer and you're trading at night or whatever. Um, I think if you're... <laughs> I love I quite like the idea of you putting yourself in Delphine. Delphine Bassoon's shoes. Have you got a lot of, have you got a lot of experience of any of those things? Uh, never been a boxer, never been a woman, so... Uh, or a police officer. Or a police officer, so no. Um, yeah, I think if you're, if you're Delphine Bassoon, I think you must be looking at, you must be looking at Casey Taylor date um, and thinking there's a, she must know that she is going to be right high on the list from Eddie Hearn's perspective as a promoter yeah. to get that fight. She might not be first. You know, Amanda Serrano might be the first pick, but she must know that she's going to be right up there. Um, this this rematch has been mooted for ages. You know, she fights... Oh, it's, she, it's so necessary as well. She, she fought um, Christina Linodatu earlier in the year. I can't remember what, when it was, but it was before lockdown. And... Um, people were talking about the rematch then, and uh, so I, th- I think I think she'll be ready. Delphine soon. I think she will. Actually, one of one of one of a question, right? So we've seen Anthony Joshua. I don't want to hark on about how much I love Anthony Joshua, but yeah. seen Anthony Joshua fight Josie Parker. Josie Parker signs with Eddie Hearn. 
yeah. and you've seen Anthony Joshua fight um, Carl Takam. He's yeah. had a couple of fights on Eddie Hearn's cards. You've seen him fight Alexander Povetkin. He had a couple of yeah. fights on uh, Eddie Hearn's cards, and it seems to be an Eddie Hearn boxer, right? Dillian mm-hmm. White, the same, right? Is there an argument to say that maybe Pursuit, if she doesn't beat Katie Taylor, could do the same? Hundred percent. Hundred. I'm convinced. I mean, again, not an expert, but I'm convinced that's how the that's how boxing business works. Yeah. You know? um, Alexander Povetkin, for example. Um, world-class fighter he's had I mean we'll get on to that fight in a second but you know he had loads of loads of excellent wins on his record previous world title shot against Klitschko before he fought Anthony Joshua I've got to be honest never heard of him I've got to be honest I'd, I'd never okay. I'd, I'd never I'd never heard That's of him he's out for a while with a drug man yeah well, probably yeah um, <laughs> no, no legit and, yeah. And, and, yeah and actually yeah but um, you know never heard of him but all of a sudden, he fights Anthony Joshua, and clearly in that contract there is there is a clause, isn't there, where you're going to fight, you're going to fight Anthony Joshua, and then like if you win that fight, obviously there'll be a rematch. If you lose that fight, you're going to be you're going to lose, but you're going to be a household name in the UK, and we're going to we're going to offer you big fights in the UK going forward. The UK is a booming boxing boxing market at the moment. I reckon you get for, I reckon if you do if you do an Anthony Joshua fight. And you work on their terms, you get five more matches, and I think you can basically put them against, like, so, a n other, right? Just you put them against Chisora, you put them against Parker, you put them against Takam, you put them against Kovetkin, and you just kind of forget who's for. Yeah. At the top of that, like, at the sort of level below, the top level, as in Anthony Joshua, Wilder, and Fury. You kind of forget who's fought who a little yeah. bit, and it's all really interesting. So, so look at before, we t- before we talk, before we fully go on some men's heavyweight boxing, where's your money going? I would very much be happy to put money on Delphine Pursuing. She was excellent in the first fight. I think she'll be. I think she'll be massively aggrieved after the first fight, and she'll desperately want to prove that she is capable of winning that belt. And who's winning? If you not, if there's no betting involved. Um, difficult. I'm gonna say, no. I'm gonna say Delphine Pursuit because I, because I, because I believe that she won the first fight. So, so as a as an outsider, you're backing her to actually to win, just like to, yeah. just to win. Okay? And do you know what? I can't fault you on that. I think if we go in twelve rounds plus, oh, not twelve rounds plus, but if we go in the full, you know, the full distance, it's gonna be Pursuit in my eyes. Yeah. I think she's got it. I think if we're getting an early finish, it's probably going to be Taylor. Mm. This is my, is my opinion. But if I was putting any money on it, I would be going um, soon. I th- I think, regardless of the result, I can't see anything other than an absolute war again. Yeah, I think it'll be a great fight. I think it'll be an absolutely great fight. It's a great fight, and just to segue nicely on, it's a great fight um, because the heavyweight fight might not go too long. So Dillian White versus Povetkin. What we're saying yeah. about that? Well. Alexander Povetkin was, in my opinion, a world-class fighter when he fought Anthony Joshua. So he was top five when he fought Anthony Joshua, yeah. for sure. Don't get me wrong; I'll be, I'm quite, on, I'm quite honest. I've never heard of him before. I found him, before he fought Anthony Joshua, but when he got that deal, I had a look at, I had a look at his record. Saw he'd had a world title fight against Klitschko, gave him some problems. Um, he's got some big names in his record, and. I think at that time when Joshua fought him, I think that was a that was a big hurdle for Anthony Joshua. It was, it was a hundred percent. That was his pre Parker, isn't it as well? Pre, yes, pre Parker, yeah, yeah, pre Parker. He's got a big left hook, 
very dangerous left hook. If you actually watch, oh, do you remember the fight we watched? Him versus um, oh, David Price. David Price. So we we went to we went to the Joshua Parker, Parker. fight, didn't yeah. we? Which was which was the fight before he fought Anthony Joshua. It was. So they were he, around then. Yeah. So, so he it? so he was on the undercard of the Joshua fight, and oh, then okay. the next so it fight was after the okay. next fight he fought Joshua. Just just remember, um, classic Eddie Hearn again puts Povetkin in like just under on the undercard, and then. Signs him to fight David the Price. The, David Price. The David Price um, knockout from Povetkin was gruesome. We were, in, we, we were there for it. We live were in a stadium we, watching that going. Yeah. Well, David Price is like I think. I think there was enough time between Povetkin's first punch and his last punch. Like as in there was only two punches for it to be waved for off. me to for me to you to go. So he punched him, and David Price was like, you know, like, like do you remember like the classic like. I don't know, it's like classic wrestling games of like 2000 where if someone, you can only perform your finishing move if someone's very groggy. Yeah. And like you can stand them up and they'll still be groggy. And like it was like that, you were watching it going, Dave Price is, might be, might be done this fit at the moment. Yeah. And you're going to let him have, you're just going to let this. Dave Price is. Have one more punch. He's perfectly 90 degrees to the floor. He's like standing absolutely dead straight upright asleep. Yeah, he it was, is. It was, he is. It was, he is it was, literally. It was horrific. If you go and watch the Povetkin David Price knockout, he is stand. The first punch hits him, and he is completely. He's asleep. He is knocked out, um, and unfortunately, the referee can't get in in time. And Povetkin hits him with an absolutely sickening shot, and Price is in all sorts of trouble. Well, his arms are down. His arms it's, down. It's, it's, it is a horrendous knockout, um, but he just to go back to Povetkin. He is. He is dangerous fighter. He's got a massive left hook. If you watch the Anthony Joshua fight when he fights uh, for the world title, Joshua, who had flu that night, does not move his right fist from his head. Literally, if you watch the fight, his right fist is just glued to his right temple the entire fight to to combat that, to combat that left hook. Um, having said that, just to go back to the fight, having said that, I said at the start he was a world class fighter. I'm, I am. How old is he now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm growing of the opinion that he is past it. Yeah, I, now. Agree. I would agree. Um, I think when he fought Anthony Joshua for the world title, I think he was probably a bit past it then, but still a decent fighter. Um, I think, I think we saw it last time out against Michael Hunter. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We. I think. Did. Michael Hunter, I think the Eddie Hearn. Michael, Michael Hunter's Michael Hunter's a good fighter, and obviously like cruiserweight, um, moving up to heavyweight, he's a good fighter. He's um, you know he's, he's no mug, but I think a peak Povetkin beats Michael Hunter all day long, and he didn't. Yeah. And I think for me, I think Dillian White will win this fight. So what's the betting saying in terms of what Povetkin? I presume uh, amateur amateurishly that White must be heavy favourite, and I. And if I'm honest, I don't see any way in which White doesn't win this fight. I think. You do you think White stops him, or do you think it's points? I think White stops him. I think White needs to keep stopping him, and I think the thing with White is he's fought a lot of people. Lucas Brown is another class example of an Eddie Hearn. Like, oh, you, you fight me, you fight on my card once, and you will be on there forever. Yeah. You can put your undefeated record, well, not undefeated, but you can put your record against Dillian White. Mm. You'll lose, but I'll keep hanging you around, and you can fight Joseph Park, and you can fight Takam, and you can fight. Um, yeah, you can fight Chisora, and like that's just that's just how Eddie Hearn works. Now, Dave got, Allen, 
Dave Allen. Yeah. Dave Allen's another classic example. I've got a lot. I got a lot of time for all. This. I've got a lot of time for these, especially on pay per view undercards. Mm. Love a heavyweight slugfest on, yeah. a, on a pay per view undercard. Yeah, 100%. Love it when the random people from like Leeds or Sheffield get a, like flyweights get a four rounder, mm. and you just go in with just like, and we they've just watched, got and they're on, they're on sixty thousand people. I remember we watched a. Uh, uh, I think it was like an English an English heavyweight title fight between Dave Allen and some absolute random bloke I can't actually remember his name and it was great it was absolutely great Slugfest. it was just like four rounds of just oh it was the guy. yeah I remember do you remember the who Sar- Jamaican about? guy yeah um, and it was Martin no it was it was limited technique oh, what was he and what just pure just punch power because we had we had we had um, that was one of the ones we actually had Dave Allen to win wasn't it we had Dave Allen to win. He was a strong under. He was a strong, strong underdog. Underdog, and we. Uh, that was the night. That was the night where we could have won sig- <laughs> serious money, but um, decided to lose at all. Bet responsibly, right? Tell us, in the, terms tell us of, the odds. So, in terms of the odds for the Dillian White fight, we have got Dillian White is one to four to and, win to win, and Alexander Povetkin is eleven to four. We've got no breakdown at the moment because it's a, a couple of weeks before the fight. But for me, for me. That fight's a no-brainer. I, I can't see Dillian White losing that so fight. So you're putting four quid on White to win a pound? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All day long. I, I think um, <laughs> I think the only the only question for me is, does does Dillian White knock him out or is it a points win? Yeah. I think that's the only question for me with Dillian White, um, just to move on to him, is... And I think, I think that possibly is why he's slightly still in anti-Joshua's shadow, is Joshua's got the knockout reel. Dillian White is more of a and I love Dillian White don't get me wrong I've got a lot of time for Dillian White I think he's a bit bigger hard fight don't, don't get me wrong I, lo- I love Dillian White um, and I love what he stands for but he's got he is just in pure slugfest slugfest after slugfest um, I, I could see this going 12 rounds 100% I think, I think Dillian White will win comfortably but I, I could see it going 12 rounds the serious money when Scott gets to the end of the night for sure like just to wrap it up the, the serious money on 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 Sky Bet, it's going to be Dillian White's winning like one to three. Yeah. Or if it's going really badly for Sky, one to two. Or if it's going really well for Sky, like one to four. And I don't. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to go deep. But mm. it's going to. I personally would probably go White in about the you think ninth or tenth. You think knock him out? Yeah, I think he'll go. I think he'll just. I think he'll outwork rate him. Yeah. I think in ninth or tenth. And I've got. You've got a question. I think Vetkin's attitude because uh, and his work and his. His motivation, because he's not—he's never going to fight Joshua. Like if you're talking about Joshua Fury, like Povetkin's never going to, never going to fight them again. Like, the, like there's no reason for that. Povetkin's, Povetkin's at the stage of his career where he'll fight Dillian White, and then he'll fight—he'll probably fight a couple more times against Decent, and then he'll probably be done. Yeah, and that's it. And, but but at the end of the day, he could like Dillian White needs to win this fight. Like, oh, he need, Dillian he, White know, needs he needs to win this fight. Um, and it's a dangerous fight for him, but that's why we love Dillian White yeah. because, like, over the last like year or eighteen months, tw- two years, whatever it is, he's fought top tenner after top tenner after top tenner. Yeah, and we need to come on to this another another episode, but he needs to fight Fury or Joshua very very soon, hopefully. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. And this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling 
Predict cast. So Joshua's first fight then. Emmanuel Leo. Emmanuel Leo? Yeah. Okay. So he had never fought out of Italy before. We've done the research. Never fought out of Italy before. Um, had an eight match winning record. Eight fights. Eight wins. Winning but, record. Winning record. That is, that is a winning record. But then you suddenly realise the level of the person when he's only got three knockouts. And he has um, fought the same person three times and not knocked him out. And that guy was about 42 fights and three wins. <laughs> so, not a heavy puncher. <laughs> it was pretty mad, though, watching it. Like, I was surprised... When, when I watched it back, I was surprised by how excited the crowd were, like, generally. Well, it gets... Joshua gets the big build-up, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, he wasn't main event, though, was he? He wasn't main event. Scott Quigg was the main event. Um, but... I think most people have gone to see Joshua just cost the Olympics gold medal, and if you, I mean, if you watch, if you watch like any of the Sky, the Sky events like now, like any of the Sky non-box office fights, you'll never see, you'll never see a build-up for like an undercar fight like you no. saw for Joshua that night. No, he's, he's getting, he's getting a massive build-up. You're looking at, they're showing like clips of like all the British um, heavyweight champions, so. You've got clips of uh, of David Hay and Lennox Lewis, and um, interestingly, not Tyson Fury, which is quite funny because um, he's not. Well, not. It wasn't the Olympics, was it? Uh, Fury, no. Fury, no, 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 not the Olympic Games. Not the Olympic Games. Although, in fairness, having said that, this fight was pre. In fairness, this fight was 2013, so that's why Fury won in 2015, didn't they? Against Klitschko. Right. So okay. uh, yeah, that because but, but the, one of the comments when the when the, when he came to the ring was, is is this going to be another Lennox or is this going to be another um, Harrison? Yeah, and it was, and I was just <laughs> like, it was just like, you can't be feeling good if you're Audie Harrison watching that, can you? Audie Harrison, when Audie Harrison went pro, everybody thought he was going to be the force in the heavyweight division. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, but yeah, Joshua, get, Joshua gets the massive build-up for that fight, and he comes out like massive, um, like he comes out absolutely clad in like Union Jack, head to toe, um, against this so-called winning Italian fighter, um, who, in fairness to him, has a right go. Yeah, he does. He do, yeah, he doesn't stand there, does he? It, it has a right go. He actually clips Joshua like a couple of times with like. Genuinely, like a couple of decent shots. Um, it looks like it's going to the second round. Um, it did, didn't it? Like he was taking it well. Yeah, There's a, you've got to have a mentality there to go. Like you know, you've got it's a boxer mentality to go. So this guy's the heavyweight Olympic champion. I fancy a go at that. I think he's <laughs> gone in there and he's thought there's absolutely no chance that. I mean, I don't know how long the fight was scheduled for. Whether it was a four rounder or six round or whatever, but. Uh, He's got in there and he's thought, there's absolutely no chance of me lasting the distance. However, I might just go in there and try and club this guy on the chin and see if he goes down. Which I think he's gone for, but obviously. That's what we did. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I mean, levels. I mean, Emmanuel Leo looks a lot better than uh, Andrew Ruiz does, in, ter- in fairness, in, uh, in terms of physique. Well they, well, they said on the commentary, didn't they, as, as the fight started, they said, um, oh, um, uh, it's unbelievable that Anthony Joshua and Emmanuel Leo have weighed in at the, more or less the same weight, but it's quite a different physique. Quite a different weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony Joshua's chiselled and Emmanuel Leo 
not so much. I think um, I think with the fight though that the impressive thing from Joshua's perspective, although although he does actually, I, for me, he takes too many shots for a for, okay. for a first fight. For me, he he actually, I mean, obviously, he's only starting out in the professional ranks, but he does take a couple of decent shots. But um, it's the power of the finish when he when he knocks him out. The guy is seriously, seriously hurt. I mean, the referee, the referee steps in, so it's a TKO. But the guy's done. Like he's, he okay. is in a lot of a lot of trouble. See, for me, the first fight. So, so for me, the first fight. The interesting thing was actually just the time it took, like the taking the time with the finish, because he had such an opportunity to go in there and just smash, smash him, mm. and maybe get caught or clipped or whatever. Mm. And actually, he just took his time and. It's, what's more impressive about that is that he actually managed to do him in a round and took his time. Yeah. But what's interesting about that, I know we've spoken about this already, but um, in that first fight, he's quite clinical on the finish and doesn't rush it, like you've just said. Takes, yeah, no, it takes, takes your time. Yeah, it's takes, very, I think very it's clinical. like stoppage is like two minutes 50, so it's yeah, like right, at, right at the end of the first round. Um, does not do any of that in the Andy Ruiz fight. No, all. no complete opposite yeah. which is quite interesting when you think about it um, he's showing more like he's showing more boxing nous in his first fight than he was in his 20th fight yeah that's actually that is a really interesting which point. I think is quite interesting I mean if you if you watch the Andy Ruiz fight and obviously we'll get on to it later in about um, 20 episodes in about time. 20 episodes yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, not to spoil it but the whole reason he gets knocked out in that fight is because he knocks Andy Ruiz down and he thinks like it's he thinks it's like every other fight he's had before then where yeah. the guy's gone down, it's done. Yeah, but it's actually done. and he rushes it and he rushes in and he tries he tries to finish the fight too quick and Ruiz is not done and he hits him with a, a tremendous left hook which just puts him on his bum. So what you're saying is the early fights of Anthony Joshua have set the muscle memory for why he lost. Yeah, exactly. Big I've theory. just cracked it. I'm yeah. Just, I've just, just cracked it. Absolutely sorted. All right. <laughs> Fine. Fight number two, I'm sure, was the fight that he had where then I went on Twitter, when I had Twitter, and said, 100% sure Here Anthony Joshua is going to be the world go. champion. Here we go. I've heard this story. I've known you. How long have I known you now, Joe? About six years, five years. I've heard this story about ten times. I need to dig it maybe, out. Maybe more. You do need to. You do. I've never I've, actually seen proof of this I tweet. I've got my Twitter. This is a big call for you. You just keep going on. Oh, I sent this tweet early days. He was going to be heavyweight champion. I've never seen it, mate. I might have to just send like. I might just go on Twitter. Just send Ben some abuse <laughs> from the, back from the dead. Send him some abuse and dig out this tweet and just send it to you. Just so you know. I think if Ben received any sort of social media contact from you now, he'd think it's a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no way it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what he could have got for me when I was when I was that age. <laughs> well, that's very similar, actually. <laughs> anyway, fight number two coming up. 